0: Good morning. My name is Matt Jeffries. And, Hi,
1: I'm Meredith Jeffries.
0: And uh, we have been coming into the new community for a while. Um, and we were asked to share a little bit about uh, what we've learned from Acts and what the Lord's been moving in us and through us uh, in the last while. It's it's interesting, as I look back, and so I was like, man, we've been going through Acts for a while. How long has it been, right? And so I'm looking at all the different podcasts, and I go back, and Wow, we started this in April of 2013. So, my like year and five months, year and four months, um, quite a while. And it's it's awesome because the more we went through the Book of Acts, the more the book itself was really recast, in at least my the way I perceive and interact with the book. And having grown up in the church, I often looked at the Book of Acts as one. And so a note that you should know is I grew up in a kind of a closet assemblies of God. So there's a pretty big focus on like the Holy Spirit stuff. And so the book of Acts was really like, one, the Holy Spirit comes and this is really, really important. And then a bunch of guys go talk to other guys and there's some conflict and the gospel spreads. So uh, at the end of this this time that we spent in the book of Acts, I I really have come away with a profoundly different and, and increasingly meaningful take on the book. And I see it more as a story of a, of a missional traverse in faith, uh, in part due to what the last year that Meredith and I have been through has brought both good and bad. Um, and it's important to have a little bit of context around that. It, the last year, I, I would call it um, both both sobering and wild and just just woven with interesting things um we some of the some of the key things that kind of over the last year year and a half um we work work was grueling for me it was um i did so i travel a lot for my job and i did over a hundred thousand air miles just in domestic travel no international travel so i was on the road all the time and as part of that we actually had the opportunity through work to um to move to London. Um, one of the business units was was ramping up in the, in the, um, Europe market and had the opportunity to move to London so we really started to spend a lot of time f- um, prayer and fasting and seeking after the Lord. Like, Lord, where are you calling us to? And, in that period, we both felt we were both uh, both very much aligned and united that the Lord was calling us to to pursue that opportunity to step into that and say yes we're willing to to move over there and um, well we 're not there right we're here right now um, so that didn't happen and naturally that was that was pretty challenging for a number of reasons um, but that that um, there's a, a ton of thought and that precipitated from that which i 'll go into a little bit in a little to go into a little bit more in just a moment but there's also many good things uh i i got the opportunity to serve on the board of a local nonprofit that we both have been um very much committed to and invested in for years and um and we've been able to travel and see family and and really um we're really into the outdoors and we're able to really um engage that more and um and that's been really meaningful for us um so the season has had many things both challenges that have struck at the very core of who we are and what we know of God, while also being interwoven with very much incredible, um, incredibly good things. Um, so we both kind of took some time to think about what those things have been in the context of Acts and, and this this movement we've been on as a, as a body here at New Community to, to dive into the book of Acts. And so we both kind of put together some notes we didn't talk about beforehand. We kind of wanted to see what what, what um, we both kind of came away with um, in front of you guys. So um, we'll turn it over here.
1: Sure. So I have to apologize. I've kind of lost my voice, so I sound a little raspy. But um, anyway, yeah, so um, as we've been studying Acts, I think everybody can say that um, Acts is a book that showcases how the church can be um, when we are allowing the spirit to move and when we're allowing ourselves to be in community. Um, it's marked by generosity selflessness hospitality and you see god move absolutely um so uh we've been talking a little bit about how how do we become you know um a church that is is so willing to hear um the lord and so so willing to just you know follow him into that and how does that look like in community how do we get there um i think it was earlier this year in april i think it was um there was a couple different ways of showing orientation to community. I don't know if everyone remembers, but there was a drawing um, showing that one of them was God at the center and then following following, um, you know, finances, your job, maybe your spouse, community, kind of on that outer circle. And then the other one looked a little bit different, had God at the center and then another ring, another circle, um, around that with community, and from that... Um, the other kinds of parts of your life, finances, um, your your job, um, your plans, etc. And so it's a pretty different way of looking at community. That that impacted me a lot. Um, it kind of um, really describes something that I think Matt and I have been trying to press into um, as we've lived life together. We've been married for five years. Um, and um, I I can just tell you what it looked like for me when I was living under that first kind of orientation where community wasn't was kind of a side category versus something that I was living in, um, and been moving out of, um, and I can say as a, a writer, um, somebody who needs solitude and a little bit of an introvert, I'm married to an extrovert who needs to be busy, um, to feel like his best self, um, there was definitely, um, some, some getting to know each other in our first couple years of marriage and trying to work that balance out, um, but I also noticed in myself, um, Matt was able to teach me a lot about kind of the importance of community. He grew up in a, a different kind of church environment than I did. Um, community was never a discussion. Um, the importance of community was really not a huge discussion in the church I grew up in. So um, being married to an extrovert has been really good for me because <laughs> um, I think I've been able to to see that a little bit better, but um, feel feel um, um, understand the importance of community be a, a bit better. Um, again, as I said, we're still pressing into this. Um, for me personally... With being in community on that that first kind of orientation, as sort of a side thought, um, I noticed that even though I valued hospitality and generosity, I often just said no as I was trying to guard my alone time, um, guard my time with maybe just my spouse or or just to work on um, you know work etc. Um, and I, I have to say that. Um, as we've been pressing into that idea of involving community around us, we have seen God move. Um, We've been so blessed by wonderful, deep friendships, um, people to pray for us. That's not a small thing. Um, And then being able to um, be able to share struggles that maybe you thought were like such a huge, big ordeal and really someone else is going through something similar. And um, also getting to hear so much about how the Lord is moving in other people's lives. You learn so much um, when you're, willing to listen and willing to just engage in the people around you. So that's that was kind of my takeaway. Um, yeah, go ahead.
0: Thanks. For me, I think there's really kind of four things that, that really um, are continuing to resonate with me, even as we wrap up this time. And the first one is that the Holy Spirit still and will always change everything. And we have to remember that Peter's sermon at Pentecost still applies, that the Lord pours out His Spirit on all flesh, and just like we saw with the disciples in Acts, the Spirit of God leads us in every step, in every juncture, um, and 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 God is a God of love, so the Spirit of God will lead us in love, and and this, this is a truth that we see in Acts, and we can't forget, and, and this is this has been a huge reminder to us, you know, as we you know as we reflect on. You know, feeling like we were called to move to London, and then that that not happy, and we look back and we say, "Well, it doesn't really matter," because we're following the Lord that loves us, right? And and if you and it was amazing too, because at the same time that that, that um, a bunch of things changed at the company and it didn't work out and everything, we were going through the part in the book of Acts where the disciples are called to one place and then they kind of have to pivot and go in a different direction. And it didn't make them go into that one place any less godly, or that they weren't called to that place. It's just things change, and and it's kind of not about us. It's about us being following the spirit of the Lord. So this other thing too is, so the second thing that really stood out to me um, is really about is really about what it means to share your faith. Uh, Can you think of a moment that there was a a key teaching that maybe you've heard or put put something in a new perspective or in maybe a more tangible framework that you never forgot? One of those sermons that you think back to and still stands out to you. For me, I can probably think of maybe five, six in in all my life that that really stand out that I can always remember and go back to that have changed the way I think about things. And one of those happened this spring. Although I describe I ascribe to a, a very much to a missional theology, I, I and I really take heart at the aspect of um, intentionally engaging with non believer communities. Um, I, I, I I I struggle with that, and for me, I some of those communities where I'm very much engaged are people with work. Um, we have a very much, a very strong, you know, work hard, play hard culture, and it really draws people together um, at work. But then also uh, we're both very much involved in in the mountaineering and rock climbing communities um, here in, in this area. And with that, you know, I think I've gotten kind of good at the whole, you know, preach the gospel and sometimes use words, but maybe I need to use words a little bit more. And the thing is, is that I, I I always had a hard time doing that because growing up in the church, I would think, okay, here's Bible verses. And I worked at a Christian bookstore for for like, a long time, and, like, I would see these tracks, you know, and the tracks, and it's, oh, it's got a Bible verse, and it doesn't, like, the people that I saw get those would be like, oh, first you wasted a bunch of trees, and then that verse means nothing to me, and the thing is, is because it it doesn't, because they don't have the same platform of understanding, it's like, they don't put the same value on the gospel, because they're not there yet, so I always had a hard time reconciling, like, how do you, like, actually share the gospel in a a meaningful way, Um, and this spring, we went, there was a, there was an observation called out that really kind of boil it down in a new way for me. And it was observation from Acts where when the disciples are talking to believers, they're talk, they're, they, reference, uh, they reference teachings and scriptures, and they reference um, the, the, the body of knowledge that was accepted among believers. But when they're not talking to believers, they just say two things, who Christ is and what he has done. And I think that's that, that's incredibly profound. Like it's that simple. It's that simple. Who he is and what he has done. And for me it that, that makes sharing Christ simpler than ever because you don't have to think of like a bunch of verses and John, you know, 316 and you have to think of all these, you know, verses it's it's simply say who he is and what he's done. Because if we go back to the first point, the Holy Spirit still is changing everything and moving in all of us and moving through those words, moving through those things that you share. So that's huge. Uh, the other th- couple, two, two more things real quick. Um, who here has ever studied abroad? A couple of you? Longer than three months? A few hands? All right. So for those that have, I imagine you probably still have friends from that period that you stay in touch with. Is that fair? Yeah. All right. Well, the thing is, is, is it's because you bonded together through mutual learning and surviving together, and I feel like um, that has very much, you know, been my experience with, with Meredith over the last few months. As she kind of alluded to, to uh, the, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking. We we're like, wow. We both feel like we have learned more about each other in the last, you know, year, year plus, than we have, you know, in the entire time we've known each other. And it's been, you know, and that's been this, that's been interwoven with this continuity between what we've been through and all, everything we've been learning in Acts. And so that, that's been huge. Um, and then, last but definitely not least, uh, as, uh, you know, I've had this, I I've, I've keep coming back to um, the wonderful line out of the Narnia series that he is not a tame lion. And, kind of gets back to this wherever you go preach the gospel preach the gospel and and and, and it, those two things have been very much you know every single week resonating through the book of acts as we've studied and 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 gone back and looked at the disciples as they've, as they've continued to go and to preach and to and to and to share christ with everyone that came in contact we saw that there have been um there have been you know, ask some things that have happened to them throughout the book of Acts, and there have been terrible things that they have gone through. And it's a reminder that, like, we don't, like, he is not a tame lion, right? But he is good, right? And so wherever you go, preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. Um, this is provocative, and, and you cannot forget that, that we, we must do this. So, so uh, Holy Spirit... Still changes isn't changing everything. All you need to say to preach the gospel is who he is and what he's done. Um, as you go through that process with the people around you in community, you will grow together very much. And wherever you go, preach the gospel.
2: I'm nervous, and I, now I'm making a fool out of myself. So um, my name is Henry Ortega. I teach your kids, whoever has kids in there. I teach them once in a while, and they're awesome. I don't know if they like me, but I like them. So anyway. So you're an awesome singer. You're sweet. And you look like Captain America, sure. so, anyway. so doesn't he? He does. OK. No, anyway, so last week we had the, the padlock, right? And uh, at the end of the padlock, I stayed really late because my kids wanted to jump in the castle and I wanted to eat more. So uh, I stayed late. And uh, I just I have been noticing something here is that, you know, Kevin, you know, every time that he's here, standing here holding his microphone, his arms are like this huge. <laughs> Aren't they? They are huge. I was like, dude, man, I feel bad for Ross because he comes over. (laughs) just like me, and it's like close to him. This guy's like, oh, this, and then, anyway, so. (laughs) So so anyway, he, um, yeah, he's strong. and then that day I was helping clean up. And uh, so there are a bunch of tables out there, and then I'm just rolling my tables and carrying my, my, you know, two seats at a time. And all of a sudden, I see Kevin with a table up here. <laughs> I'm like, and he said, I think he said, this is much easier. I'm like, much easier. <laughs> I can't even, I can hold only two chairs, and he has a table on his arms anyway. So I was looking at him, I'm like, gosh, I wish I could be like him, and, you know, whole bag and everything. And actually, when I was thinking about, you know, sharing with you guys, uh, I started thinking, I wish our spiritual life will show in our muscles, you know. If you are really good in, you know, reading the Bible, praying, following God, you will just grow. Not the girls because that would be kind of weird. But anyway, um, the guys will be like, you know, you start growing, right? And it will show. It will be sweet, man. That guy is a Christian, right there. Look at him. In my case, it will be like that guy is going to hell, you know. But anyway, so the thing. <laughs> anyway, so. But so I was thinking about that, and then I thought, well, you know what? Actually, with God, in our spiritual lives, sometimes God makes you look like a fool, right? And instead of you growing muscles and looking cool, you look like a fool. makes you look bad. Uh, You go ahead, and, you know, there is something that you need to say because you're a Christian, and God is asking you to give your opinion. And then all of a sudden, you say what the Bible says, and uh, you look like an idiot. And people start looking at you weird and pushing you away. And, and sometimes, one of the biggest, mis- no mistakes, is, sometimes I call it a mistake. I, let, I tell my wife that it's a mistake, but it's not a mistake. And she knows that I'm kidding, is that when you say, God, whatever you want, and there you go, that's your mistake. Because if God says, Really? I can do whatever I want? there you go you're in a hole because god is going to do something that is crazy weird and you are going to look sometimes you look good but in my life usually i look like a fool and i'm like gosh no again seriously why do you do this to me and then my mom i call my mom and she says it's okay mijo you know i'm from colombia so he's okay mijo he's working in your character and then I'm like, gosh, but he has been working in my character for like twenty years. I must suck. But so like slow down, you know, just give me a break. So I, I'm 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 listening to the guy back there. Uh, hey look I should be a pastor too, I don't have hair. But um so, <laughs> so so I, I I listened to the guy just i mean last week, and I, seriously, I was about to cry i was in uh, I forgot the food that day you know the pot like so I went back to the store and I bought some stuff that was disgusting, but I brought it <laughs> and uh, so he started talking, and I was really sad because I was thinking about this, like God is taking me through a path that's not really fun to walk, and I want something different and and I'm smart. I have a good job, and all that stuff. Uh, I'm ugly, but I have a wife, so that's okay. Uh, but you know, but guys taking me through this path that is quite tough. So anyway, so he started talking about Paul and stuff. And um, so anyway, what I wanted to share with you guys is, you know, for me uh, going through the Bible. That's why it's so important to read the Bible. Is uh, I look at Paul, right? Paul said, okay, I'm going to serve you, I'm going to do whatever you want, and God took him through a crazy ride. And the funny part is that, one of many parts, but I'm going to share only one because you guys must be bored, but uh, is when Paul was in the boat and he was going to Rome, you know, because he decided, I appeal to Caesar, so I'm, I'm going to go to talk to Caesar about my problem, and then, okay, we'll take you. So... He was in the boat and all of a sudden, you know, this huge storm comes over and it's awful. They are going to die. Even in, the, in this morning I rain. He it says that they lost hope. But it just happens that the angel of the Lord came over and talked to Paul and told him, Hey, don't worry, man. You're not going to die. Nobody's going to die. God is going to take you to Caesar. You, are, you have to go to Rome. You have to speak to them. And actually earlier in the book, I don't know how many years, God t- t- told him while Paul was on one of his trips he told him, you are going to go to Rome. So he knew it, but years down the road he's almost dying and then God reminds him, dude, remember? I told you long time ago I'm going to take you to Rome so you're not going to die. So Paul is I bet he was like, oh, that's right. Cool. So I, I guess he said that. I don't think he was nice and calm sitting there. Oh, no, everything is good. Yeah. And they watered on top of him. Like, no, this is good. And I bet he was free. I would be freaking out. But anyway, so, say, so he stood up and he told everybody, right? I'm telling you the story. I bet you know it. But he just stood and he said, Don't worry. Nobody's going to die. The angel of the Lord told me, blah, blah, blah. But, by the way, didn't I tell you not to get in the boat? Because actually, he told him not to do it because God told him anyway so he they ate and everything and in my story if God talks to me and say hey don't worry man I'm going to take you to Chihuila and I'm going to help you preach there or whatever but so I would be like cool dude but anyway so I would say that at that moment the water will stop moving right and the wind will stop the sun will shine and then I'll go to you know to land and everything is good you know what happened man he had to wait like you know 10 more days 14 days or whatever the same thing after god told him don't worry i'm going to take you to rome so he made him wait what kind of god is that right it's like you give me hope but you freak me out for a few more days like what is that right why i don't know there's no answer but that's the point that's my life like Henry it's okay everything's going to be good but he freaks me out anyway so um, and not only that you know but in my story you know the boat gets there everybody's happy no it's just the boat just hits some rocks it gets destroyed everybody has to jump in the cold water and swim and freak out because obviously it's dark and you have to hold on to anything to save your life and swim so God is like why is God doing that? You know, he's making you work hard to save your own life. But he's not going to let you die. But he's going to make you swim. And they're like, ah. <laughs> anyway, so it is, it is quite weird. God is weird. But anyway, so and then everybody's out like, oh, yeah, yeah, it was true. God saved me. Yeah, great. Ah. And then Paul is walking around and he grabs some branches and boom, a snake. It bites him, right? And he wraps around his arm. Like, seriously, man? I would be like, that. Is like, seriously, God? <laughs> a snake? You're going to kill me now. But that guy was, he says that he didn't freak out, actually. He was like, okay, and he just shook that thing, and everybody was like, oh, my goodness, that guy is going to die. And it was like a movie because they, the guys, started, they were staring at him and waiting for him to, to drop dead or to foam or to do something weird, and the guy didn't. You know, he was fine. But I'm looking at this story, and one thing, Paul knew what he had to do. He had to go to Rome. If God promised him or told him that he was going to take him to Rome, it didn't matter what happened. He was going to be there alive, right? He wasn't going to die. But so reading all that and, and listening to my friend here, and uh, it was encouraging me because many times when you, or again when you open your mouth and say, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Then he will take you places that you don't want to go. He will make you do and say things that maybe you don't want to say or do, but guys asking you to do that, and for his glory. Well, you should. I mean, I mean, if you don't, guy's not going to get mad at you. But if you say, "Okay, I'll do it," then you're not going to look so hot. And I'm, I'm. Throughout all these years I've been feeling so down because it's like, God just give me a break. Just let me let me look normal. Because my lifestyle with my wife is is a little different than everybody else's. Um, anyway, I could tell you the things but you'd be like, oh my goodness, you're weird. But <laughs> the point it's not really weird, it's just you know, about money and stuff like that. That you know, society tells you to handle things a little different, but God called me to do something different. And uh, I'm following, but you get tired. You get exhausted because in society, you see the things. This is the way you manage your life. And God is saying, no, just go against the ground, against the grain. Just swim upstream because that's what I want you to do. And just to fix my character. I don't know how sucky I am, but I'm not there yet. So if you could pray for me, that would be awesome. I'll be praying for you too. Uh, Actually, I'm lying. See, if you ask me to pray for you, I'll pray for you. <laughs> I'm not going to remember your names. I don't even know. Anyway, so I'm here, I, I'm here. I'm sharing here today is because, like, actually, maybe nobody, maybe this is not going to help anybody today, but it's helping me to be able to share with you and to get that hope. Remember that God put me in this boat, and he's going to take me wherever he wants, And I'll be okay, and my family is going to be okay, my kids are going to be okay, and at the end, you know, I'm going to be a cool guy with big muscles.
3: You may be seated. We're going to open it up for just a few minutes. Uh, if any of you feel so inclined to share, uh, maybe something that God has been teaching you over this last year, or even as uh, you heard other people share something that just triggered something in you to say, "Man, I need to need to express this." Uh, we'll just have this mic available. We'll just take a few minutes, and uh, we'd love for you uh, to share with us.
4: Hi, everyone. My name is Callie Johnson, and I'm a senior at Gonzaga University. Um, I am a crazy planner, and I keep my agenda with me every day so that I know what is going on all the time. And over this past summer, um, on one of my days off, I had my whole day mapped out what I was going to do, and in the morning, I had to take my mom to the emergency room, so Obviously, the whole day's plans were shot, as well as, you know, the following days. And over the summer, God has just been teaching me that his plan is far greater than my own, and that I need to just let go of control and trust that he is leading me where he wants to be, where he wants me to be, Um, and how this relates to The book of Acts, um, on Paul's journey, he was interrupted from his plans many of times with, you know, getting shipwrecked, imprisoned. He had disputes with his fellow um, men that he was traveling with. And it's just neat to see that um, God placed him exactly where he wanted him to be through it all. Um, His plans were even interrupted. And... I am getting ready for my senior year, and at the beginning of this summer, I just had no plans of what I wanted to do after I graduated. I eventually want to open my own bakery, but there's this awkward transition time after college that I just don't know what I want to do. So I started to panic, but the more that I have just been trusting that. God will open doors for me um, the more he has. And all these opportunities have just been opened up for me. Um, But yeah, so God's plan is far greater than anything that we could plan for ourselves. And he has written our story and he knows exactly where he wants us. And I just believe that he is directing me and leading me where I need to go. Thank you.
5: Oh, please, coming up. Are you sure? Okay. Um, I don't know how to compete with Captain America, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> but thanks. Um, again, my name is John, and I believe that we all go through a forging process, right? We're not born pure steel, pure iron. We are born with impurities. Um, we're born into sin, and... Uh, it's very easy for me personally to forget that that is a process. We're continually being purified through our character. And that it's either through vice or virtue that character will be molded. And so for virtue, is to make wise decisions. And I've been reminded of this by way of Paul's life. His track record, look at his resume. I mean, line after line from where it started at year one. And then through his final year, it's just like a complete... Reversal of what the beginning looked like to what the end had reflected, and it's just so amazing because, as a man, or just as, just even just a human being in general, that's just so imperfect that we are reminded by our enemy Satan that we don't, we don't have what it takes, that we fail, and you're stuck there. We're not stuck there, and what's so great of a reminder that Paul gives us throughout his actions, but also the actions of the early believers, is that one, that we are given the Holy Spirit, that we are new through Christ, and that we have his word. And these things sit in the back of my mind, collecting dust the majority of the time. Physically, my Bible sometimes collects dust, sitting in my little ottoman, like right in my living room. Well, it's not an ottoman, it's a hutch who has an ottoman in their living room, or in their... Anyways... I've, that was terrible. Um, but anyways, though, but that, that sword never gets dull, right? His word is so pure and so strong, and I've failed time and time again, and so have you, right? We all have. But to remind that those three things on a daily basis, that God is with us, as is the Holy Spirit, and we have his word. Amen? Amen? So those are just a few things that God has compelled me to share with you this morning. Um, and that there are those of us who don't think we have what it takes, but he's on our side. He's got angel armies by him, and we are on that same side. So I'm going to pray that God blesses us this morning in our journey ahead, because it doesn't stop. It's not like we just read a chapter in the in the scripture, and then we mark it off our list. If you're a list person, guilty is charged. So I hope that's an encouragement to you. If that speaks to your heart, uh, just encapsulate it. If not, maybe use that as a reflection point later on. But thanks.
6: So I'm Bob and I'm a senior uh, in in society. Yeah, have been that for a while. But uh, the book of Acts has uh, spoke to me um, as I've been here and at St. Al's. I work with Lars Spokane and uh, our core members go to St. Al's sometime when we come here to new community and it's privileged. So the book of Acts um, has reminded me of my sacred story and we've been doing that as a part of our, our staff team. We've been sharing our sacred stories and each of you have a sacred story that is important to you and it will be important as the years unfold. And sometimes in looking back at my age, I'm in my uh, 60s, and, um, you know, I look back and I, I think of Paul, I think of Peter, I think of Stephen, and they all had sacred stories. And and when I look at the Book of Acts and when I've listened to different people speak here, I, I think of when I was in your age group and I was uh, finishing college and and the draft was there and I entered the army and I thought okay God what are you gonna do and some of you may be you know sitting here uh, as new students going what what's God gonna do in my story you know as the next four years unfold but when I entered the army I just said God you know this is about you I I know you I believe in you but I don't know it's a little bit different than college and it was during the Vietnam crisis and When I read the book of Acts, I think about the Army. There were two of the best years of my life. I I was an Army medic and uh, went through jump school with a guy named Keith. And Keith was pretty much an atheist, um, and we were friends. And you might be sitting next to someone, you know, this morning that doesn't really believe in God like you do, but uh, you can love on that person just like Paul and Peter and Stephen. They loved on people around them. And um, and I know that's what this church is about, on loving on your community and the community of Spokane and beyond. But uh, Keith just kept hanging out. We kept hanging out with each other. And, um, you know, I would share Christ with them. I would take him to chapel, and I didn't know it, but he was tripping on hallucinogenics. And I'd say, hey, Keith, what did you think of what the chaplain said today? And he'd go, Bob, all I can remember is the chaplain was going like this and like this, and, you know, that was his recollection of there wasn't any content, but he was my friend, and we went to church together, but we shared Christ. I shared Christ with him because I loved him, and I know that God loved him, and, um, so we went into the 82nd Airborne together, and we had, you know, really some good times, some really difficult times like you'll have in school, and uh, a lot of challenges, even some persecution by first sergeants and things like that, but I won't tell those stories. But uh, so one day, I had shared Christ with Keith, and he stayed up all night and uh, wrestling with God. Um, having that experience that Paul had on the road. And I went to him at his his locker the next morning. I said, Keith, um, so what's gone on? He goes, Bob, I gave my life to Christ last night. And he was just, he was a new person. And for me, that was just like, um, you know, one of the highlights of my life, looking back. And to this day, Keith and I are still friends. This is like 47 years later. (laughs) And uh he lives in North Dakota, and Bill, who was an agnostic lives in he lives in uh, new mexico he 's a Christian and Kievan, uh, who was just a brand new christian he lives in Minnesota, and I pray for these three guys after these forty something years and it reminds me of the book of Acts like Paul going back and and you know visiting people that he had shared with and um, and just keeping in touch with these guys through prayer and so a lot of the people that you may be sitting next to or maybe spending this year with maybe people that 40-something years from now, you'll be looking back at and you'll say, Wow, God, thank you for what you did. And and so I I look at the book of Acts and I thank God for what he did through the power of the Holy Spirit because all the glory goes to God for everything that did happen. And uh, so thanks for listening.
7: Hi, my name is Jonathan, and I, when I was looking back through uh, notes of Acts, I just kept coming back to Acts 9, where Russ kind of introduced that section uh, with the red letters, right, where in chapter 1, Jesus is speaking, and that's indicative of red, li- uh, red letters in the Bible. And then later on in, in, in 9, you start seeing red letters appear again, but Jesus actually is not present. So the fact that that he is speaking and not there. Um, And then going through these fundamental fundamental truths that we have a God that loves us, that is relational, and that in that relationship desires communication. And sometimes we have this disconnect where we don't really feel like um, there's great communication. And as we see in the Bible that even when he's not present, he's continuing to speak. Um, And if there's problems with communication, largely that's not because he's not speaking, but because we're not listening. So, how as Christians can we be, uh, be better listeners? And that's when Russ kind of introduced the, well, how does God speak? He speaks specifically. He speaks uniquely. And as Callie mentioned, he speaks through um, um, interruptions. And that's that's what hit home with me is, I don't know about you, but as life gets crazier for me, I become more of a scheduled person. And I work uh, in healthcare. I'm a physical therapist. And so... That's, my time is, uh, I continually quantify and qualify my time during the day. So I start seeing people at 6 a.m. and sometimes it's every 30 minutes. So uh, when, I'm, when I'm working with people, I'll have periods where I passively engage because I know that at minute, you know, 31, I'm one minute past this next person potentially that I need to see that, you know, I might making them late or um, you know, by ten thirty, that's I'm eight people deep, and then three more people have lunch, and that gives me fourteen minutes to make phone calls, six, to, you know, sixteen minutes to do my notes, and then twenty three minutes to exercise, and so on and so on and so forth. So, uh, this had happened over the last. I feel like happening more often until um, in the last month. I was treating a high schooler, and uh, he had a low back injury from flying off a longboard, hitting a car. And, and he, was a, he was a skateboarder and a video gamer. And so instantly, like, we did not, like, connect well because, you know, those just aren't two things that I actively engage in a lot. <laughs> so we... So a lot of times I felt I was passively engaging with this kid, right? And he... Uh, and the last... Yeah, last week... Right after his appointment, which was at 10:30, I had a cancellation, timely cancellation, and during this, you know, 11 o'clock hour, when usually I would move on to the next person, suddenly he's just spilling his guts out to me about the brokenness in his home, and about him being separated from his brother, and <laughs> and about uh, and I could just go on on how many things he talked about in like 15 minutes. Where, you know, in previous, I'd seen him probably for three weeks prior to that. And from, you know, passively engaging, not actively engaging in a conversation. Because we all do it, you know, passively where you ask questions. Because you know that person will just continue to talk. But your mind's already going on to what's going on next. You know, who you're going to talk to next. Or who you're going to, in my case, who am I going to treat next. But then once we started active, I started actively engaging in the conversation. The Lord just completely opened up this door to talk to him about, well, you know, I'm, you're doing a great job now, and it's like he's been trying to turn it around, and just how, you know, the Lord reigns supreme in my in my life, and gives me purpose, and it's really about this relationship with, with Jesus that that guides my future, and um, so we're going all in these directions, and have the opportunity to talk to him about young life, and you got you to hang out with Hans, and I'm going to get you his number, and that was all from an interruption, and man, that just has hung with me ever since, and really changed my uh, my ability to actively engage and invest, particularly in the last um, couple weeks. So my prayer for all of us, because I know you know, 99% of the people here are schedulers. You love your schedule, and even if you're not in healthcare. You know that your time you, you quantify your time, and when you go into Starbucks, um, you're there to get a drink and not act and not necessarily talk to the barista, but I just my prayer for us, for, for us as a community that will actively engage and that will live for the kingdom and not for our schedules.
3: every time we wrap up um, a book of the Bible. I try to put down some final thoughts. uh, And then every time I look at the clock afterwards and go, well, I don't need to really share anything. But I I wanted to highlight one thing that I think uh, is important. And um, the interesting thing about the book of Acts is that you read... We talked about this very early on. You read and uh, you see this story developing. and You see at the beginning how it's tied to the Gospels and then you see the resurrection. You see the truth being told to go out into Judea and Samaria, the uttermost parts, and then you begin to see it actually unfold that way. That first they're reaching everyone in Jerusalem and then they're reaching everyone in the surrounding area and then finally they're reaching all the way to the Ethiopian eunuch and all the way to these other nations and these other people groups, and you start to see the expansion of the gospel. And while we have covered so many different themes, whether it's the Holy Spirit or community or um, just obedience and following with courage and faith, there's all these different things. The truth is what it comes down to is there's this story of good news, right? There's this story of good news that is being brought to people and continuing and continuing. And the reason we titled this particular Sunday Acts 29 is because we're actually in the process, right, of us being a community that writes the next chapter, that writes the next verse, that lives out the next calling, Sometimes I think when we read the Scriptures, we just end at Acts 28 and we go, oh, that was a good book, moving on. And then we read another one and we go, oh, that was interesting, that was a cool story, or that was a great letter, and then we move on. But the truth is that we're in the middle of the book of Acts. We don't know when the end of the book of Acts will actually come, but we are still the church living out this story. And we have... Not just good news, we have great news, we have the best news, right? We have the best news that you would ever want to share with anyone. But sometimes I ask myself the question as we've been going through this series, is do we really sense that it's good news? Do we really feel it down deep that it's actually the best news? Because I would venture to say that for many of us, we would say that we have the good news, we believe in the good news, we want to share the good news, but if we were pressed into a corner and we were the one that had to write the next chapter, if we were the one that needed the interruption, if we were the one that shared about their particular story and that we all have a story, if we were the one writing out the next chapter, what what would it really look like? Would it include anyone else? I mean, when was the last time that you shared the good news with anyone? When was the last time that you began to pray deeply for someone else simply because you wanted them to know the truth? I mean, these are a part of what it means to write that next verse. It's part of what it means to write the next chapter. How we live in community, how we worship together how we serve together in the city how we pray for the city how we bring peace to the city that is all part of writing that next chapter my prayer for our community is that we would be people who are constantly getting out our pen and adding to acts because we're not at the end of the story we're just in the middle of it and may we live it out completely for his honor and glory We're going to sing one final song uh, at the end here. Let me pray for us. And then uh, we'll sing. And then at the end, I'm just going to have us together uh, to read a little benediction, a little prayer. Father, we are grateful for what you've been sharing with us. God, I need to be reminded of those interruptions in my life that are specifically designed by you. And God, I need to be reminded that uh, you are adding to my story and the story of each one of us in this room. I need to be reminded that you desire, as Matt and Meredith talked about, us living in community and then us being people who actually describe who Jesus is and what he's done. God, may we be these kind of people that are pursuing you, that love you, and that it just kind of flows out of who we are and that the story of Acts continues. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.